Hello and welcome to the One Take Show. My name is Kostub and we are in conversation with Mr. Atish Tukral. Mr. Tukral is a presenter, he is a commentator, he is a producer and he is an MC. He has worked previously on some of the most exciting sports events in India. We talk about Hero India Super League, we talk about World Cup qualifiers, Champions League, everything. He has previously worked with some of the most celebrated studios like Star Sports and Hostel. In this episode, he talks about his journey, so I will obviously not take much of this space. It's better to learn about this from the man himself. We will also talk about the various events and various nitty-gritties that go behind the scene, especially in production. We will also talk about the cost that goes into the preparation for presenting and commentating and what was his experience like. We will learn a lot. We will also talk about his experiences. We will also talk about what are the essential skills that come in handy. If you like this episode, make sure you like, share and subscribe to the channel. If you have any suggestions or feedbacks, write them down in the comment section. I would love to read them. Hence, ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, let's jump right in. Hello, sir. Welcome to the One Take Show. I'm truly very, very excited to have this conversation because I have also followed your work. But apart from that, as much as I know about presenting, about com- uh, commentary, about anything to do with emceeing, about sports, I understand that there is a perfect platform to learn about that, especially when it comes to an interesting career trajectory from journalism to something that has made a mark mm-hmm. for itself. Thank you so much for joining me in this conversation and taking time off your really busy schedule. Absolute pleasure, Kostov. And given that you want to create a promising career for yourself in multiple platforms and you're trying to figure it out, mm-hmm. uh, it's a great pleasure for me to be here because um, I'd love to share my journey, although I think it's still in the nascent stages of what I want to achieve. Mm-hmm. Uh, if this can help you or anybody listening to try and figure out their own trajectory, all the better. Perfect, perfect. I'm, I'm really sure that this kind of a conversation with someone who is actually in the industry, working with the industry and trying to explore more and more opportunities will guide a lot of students, especially the ones who are directly involved with journalism. So my first question to that uh, point is that about your journey with journalism, starting off from the School of Journalism, what was your journey like and how did your career trajectory sort of took shape the way it did? So, um, my career or my choice of career happened by accident. Um, I was a Delhi University student in Venkateshwara College and uh, I was doing sociology honours. Why I took up sociology? Because I was a humanities student in school and I thought sociology was the one subject that might open more opportunities for me than any other sort of um, stream that I may have chosen, say a history or something like that. Although that was just me being a juvenile who didn't really know much about how your career comes about and what happens. Mm-hmm. What happened interestingly was um, I chanced upon this particular career because of my dog. Um, his name is Mojo. Okay. Uh, I call him Mojinder Lal Sahani because <laughs> I just love making funny names out of it. Uh, so I'm from Delhi. And I live in Basant Kunj in mm-hmm. those flats, like in Basant Kunj flats. So Mojo was down for a walk one day uh, and uh, he met these this couple mm-hmm. called Debayan and Priyanka Sen. Okay. They fell in love with Mojo because he is the most light-hearted, cutest little fellow on this planet. Although he's not really little anymore, he's about 11 years old now. Okay. Um, and he's still in Delhi while I'm in Bombay mm-hmm. and I miss him dearly. But Mojo was had gone for a walk and he chanced upon Priyanka and Debayan and they just loved him and he loved them. 
when he came back from the walk up came Vibhayan and Priyanka as well and uh, they just came and said we love your dog it's so sweet and my parents always welcome people to our home it's always been the case so they also came in and they just sat with us and it turned out that Vibhayan was in fact a very established is in fact a very established figure in the sports industry right. uh, just by chance by happenstance this happened Debayan is the man who initially when the I League started getting broadcasted over the past few years in its new formats and stuff like that was the first voice of the I League. Okay. Uh, he was a commentator himself. Mm-hmm. Right now he's in Bangalore. He's working with ESPN, but he was a commentator and he's commentated on the Champions League. He's commentated on uh, the I League, and he's. He's a know-it-all when it comes to Indian football, and he's a know-it-all when it comes to sports in general. Okay. And it was a very fascinating sort of thing to hear because I've always loved sports, right? I've uh, the first thing I used to do when I used to come back home was switch on Star Sports or ESPN and watch Chevy Singh and Paul Maysfield okay. uh, talking about the EPL. Mm-hmm. And oh, you know, there were times where I'm not kidding. I have literally watched things like poker. Okay. Just because it's on, it's on, it's on the sports channel. Just anything. I would watch anything. So my fascination with sports always existed. I always, I used to play cricket. I played tennis before that. So I've always had this sporty bend of mind. And when Debayan came in and came into our house because of his interaction with Mojo, mm-hmm. it just sort of set, seemed serendipitous in its own way. Okay. What added to the serendipity was the fact that Debayan said. You know what? I have a gig coming up, mm-hmm. India versus Bayern Munich. So there was this Audi summit that happened. Uh-huh. So India versus Bayern Munich, and I am the commentator for it. Okay. And he, because he has a big heart, said, "Why don't you come along and see what happens there?" Because I found his stream and what he was working on very, very interesting. Mm-hmm. So I said, "Yeah, why not? Let's do this." So um, they buy and took me along. Uh, to this India versus Bayern Munich game, and while he was doing commentary, obviously I couldn't be with him. Mm-hmm. I sat in the PCR. Now the PCR is the production control room, okay. where through which your live channel and everything happens. Where your replays are made. There's a director sitting there. There's a graphics guy there. Mm-hmm. It's basically the entire production unit that makes sure that you get the best service and the best broadcast on your television. Right. I sat there and I was sitting with the graphics team. Now I was considered obviously an intern and I wasn't really doing much. Uh, I sat with the graphics guys and what I had to do was log. Mm-hmm. Now logging means you log the incident so that the graphics team can perhaps create the graphic at that point. Who's gotten a yellow card? How many shots have been taken? How many corners have been given? So that the graphics team knows that this these are the correct stats. Uh, and the director also knows, based on the interactions, what the stats are and what can be used, what can't be used. I fell in love with it. I literally fell in love with the experience. It was surreal. What added to that fact was uh, when once the game was over, I got pictures with uh, Philip Lahm and Mario Gomez and Bastian Schweinsteiger. But that's wow. just an additional. <laughs> that's just an additional. Um, but uh, yeah, it was. Um, Me just sitting there, looking at these at least forty, fifty people, yeah. just scurrying around, running around, trying to make sure that the experience is the best that they can give based mm-hmm. on 
whatever budgets they have and however they're working. Um, it was a full day affair. I went in at about 11 in the morning yeah. and I was there till not only late at night once the game was over but beyond that as well because I was seeing people de-rigging so they had to rig. Rigging means you engineer everything to make sure everything's happening correctly. Then you do a tech check, then they de-rig. And okay. all, the, all the while, I was all obviously just enjoying the experience. I went into Nehru Stadium and mm-hmm. just spoke with people, learned off them, bounced things off them, saying that this is just brilliant. What is this happening? And they were also just very happy to share their experience because I was just this nubile little kid 19 years old who didn't really know what he was doing and then was just asking them questions and thankfully they were happy to share. When I came back from that experience uh, and I thanked Bayern wholeheartedly till now, every single time I interact with him, I'm always just looking for advice from him. Um, Because of that experience and what Bayern did for me and what Mojo did for me because of the interaction that they had, I'm I'm superbly indebted to them for the rest of my life. Right. I would say that uh, hands down because I had no direction. I, when I was a kid, I wanted to be a veterinarian at one point, but then science happened to me okay. and I didn't understand biology at all. I was terrible at it. I wanted to be a wildlife photographer. I wanted to be a musician. I wanted to be a cricketer. I wanted to be a um, lawyer. I even tried my hand at giving the law exams. Mm-hmm. Um, because I wanted to do environmental law, I wanted to be a documentary filmmaker. So essentially, I was like any other child who didn't really know what he or she wanted to do. Um, but this moment, this particular interaction, this particular experience, mm-hmm. just gave me a sense of direction. And then I just put my head down and said that this is what I want to do. Right. And this is what I will wish to do for the rest of my life. Uh, what helped is the experiences that I've had in the past where mm-hmm. I was part of the debating society of Venki. Mm-hmm. So it gave me a certain sense of eloquence. I hope it does. Uh, I don't know if it does. But uh, that happened. And plus at the same time, obviously because I played sports and was always following sports, it gave me a sense of knowledge about it. Mm-hmm. So I decided this is what I wish to do. And uh, once I was graduating, I gave entrance exams for post-grad law, uh, post-grad journalism, sorry, you're the lawyer, not me. Uh, uh, And I got through Jamia and Xavier's XIC. Mm -hmm. I decided to go to XIC because at that point, the feedback I was getting from people was that XIC is on the rise, whereas Jamia, the staff that made Jamia famous was perhaps not there anymore. And also Jamia was a two-year course. Right. This was a one-year course mm-hmm. and I wanted to, you know, try and live in another city and my sister was already here, mm-hmm. is already here, even now and so I just moved to Bombay and went to Xavier's, spent nine months there, got myself a diploma mm-hmm. uh, in journalism. The moment I finished that, I was already trying to figure out what to do. In fact, for example, uh, even during my XIC journalism course, if I go through all my material that I've worked on, mm-hmm. where there weren't any specific assignments, um, every single article or every single piece of work that I've done in terms of project submissions 
where I had the freedom to choose my topic was based on football. Wow. The first ever, yeah, the first thing, and I pride myself on it because I got the first ever A in our batch of journalism because of in the English language module because we were asked to write an article of our own choosing, whatever we want to talk about, and I wrote about the barefoot revolution, the team that used to play barefoot yeah. between the 19 between 1940s and 1950s. So I wrote a piece on that and that was the first A that was awarded in the entire class. So uh, it was it was an interesting experience for me and so I wrote about that. If you see the website web design um, modules that we did again it was about football. If mm -hmm. you saw the posters that I would be making, it would be about football or cricket or basically any sport related thing. We had to come up with an online newsletter and a hard copy newspaper. I tied up with a friend of mine because we had to do it as partners and we made it on football. So, and at that point, I remember one of the articles that we wrote for that was how Sunil Chetri had moved to Sporting Lisbon at that point. Yeah. And that's one of the articles I remember. And I think Robin Van Persie had moved to Manchester United that year which was a heartbreak for me given that I'm an Arsenal fan oh, okay. uh, but <laughs> but it was just one of those things and I just followed football through and through. They buy and help me further obviously um, because um, the first ever internship that I got was when he was also employed with the he was employed as a commentator for the IPL in 2013 and he got me in touch with a few people once I graduated to try and get an internship during the IPL. As luck may have it or however it may be, I got that internship which was a two-month internship during extra innings T20 and there I fell in love with the industry even more where I interacted with a lot of people. I didn't have a lot to do. Uh, I would literally be the copy guy who would interact with my um, uh, so, uh, with my producer Venkat Charan and uh, he would just give me the rundown now if you want me to explain a rundown that's a completely different topic altogether but a rundown in summary is the structure of a particular show and how it would go so that you know it's all timed so that you ensure that you move from one topic to the other you, sh you make sure that your packages or your or your graphics are on time and the conversation shifts that way because you only have those 20 minutes or those 40 minutes to cover the entire prospect of whatever you're going to be doing. So that's what a rundown does. And I would just copy that and I would learn off him. So I would ask him, what does this mean? What is happening? I would see that. I also then would, during the live match, would sit with the EVS guys. Now, the EVS guys are the replay guys who make sure okay. you get okay. the perfect replays. Mm -hmm. It's amazing. It's just this one machine and they have like four or five cameras all around them and they choose the best angles and then they tell you, then they create the replay and then they talk to the director and tell them I have the replay for this and stuff like that. So I would sit with them Right. every day and I would do the, the same live logging so the live logging at that point in IPL would mean all your sixes all the wickets all the interesting moments all your fours because this was for extra innings t 20 so for the mid show and the post show we would create these packages mm -hmm. so I did that surreal experience it was it really invigorated more love for me uh, from my side for mm -hmm. the 
you know entire prospect of joining sports again did that for two two year uh, two months after which i got an internship with starsports.com where i had a different role there i was using more of my journalistic experience because this IPL was a completely production based thing which of which i had not learned much <laughs> given that i was in journalism but you learn on the job and uh, similarly whereas the journalism course that i was doing was more print oriented when i joined starsports.com as an intern i was doing video packages so we would write scripts based on the visuals that we had i learned how to edit a little bit here and there mm-hmm. uh using the edit machines um and over time in fact they realized that i have an okayish voice i don't think i have a great voice a lot of people otherwise think i have a great voice so they were the ones at starsports.com that gave me the opportunity to do voiceovers Okay. So I started doing voiceovers for them. Just a few packages here and there, not the biggest ones. Just a few, especially the ones that I was writing myself. Um, Siddharth Padhyay is this man who was the head of uh, Starsports.com at that point in the content team. He and a few others. Uh, one of them is called Unni. Unni really helped me, and Siddharth Padhyay and Abhijit. These three individuals really helped me in, you know, honing those skills of writing. and editing and understanding how to produce something okay whereas what i was doing there at stars at i at the ipl was more about live production here i was doing something about non live production learning how to make packages now what are packages packages are of course things like if you're watching any show and the anchor throws to a particular thing where suddenly it shifts from the studio to uh someone talking in voice over and uh, there are visuals about a particular player say virat kohli has been in brilliant form mm-hmm. and uh, before the conversation with the guests they want to tell you what virat kohli has done so they throw to a particular package and then virat kohli then someone says virat kohli has been in tremendous form and there's shots of virat kohli playing mm-hmm. a cover drive and him him you know twirling his bat or mm-hmm. playing with his gloves mm-hmm. based on the visuals so that's what i started doing After that I joined uh, Neo for about um a few months and you can tell me if I'm going if this is too long for you and if you want me to stop at any point because I'm really no, going absolutely. into detail right now <laughs> Absolutely I am really really enjoying this because this is so fascinating on so many fronts especially when it comes to knowing the very nitty gritties of how this entire production was so please please continue please do tell us more as to ah, how all this Okay was. Okay so that as the nitty gritties you can ask me as a different question because uh, then we'll go into like absolute detail if you want um in terms of my journey then I joined uh, after neo I went to star sports I joined star sports I was in 2014 I was what 22 years old or something uh initially I joined star power which was this new show that they created and I was only handling production there After that I uh, shifted to the football team. I was uh, after a while there was a restructuring that happened at Star Sports and we were divided into a say a certain few people worked in cricket, certain few people worked in football, certain few people worked in kabaddi and so on and so forth. I joined football. Um where Gaurav Gala who now 
works with IMG Reliance and is the head of the project in some ways of the ISL. He was my boss, and uh, I worked on the first ever ISL. So from Star's end, <laughs> that was a great experience as well. I was just doing something called augmented highlights, where in uh, you just after the game is done, you had to create these special sort of highlights where you had a voiceover and you would put on the key moments, etc., etc. That was all during the night shift, right? Throughout the night, work till like seven in the morning, finish that off. The second season, um, and it was a great team. I I love those the people who worked with me at in the football team. I I still work with a few of them. I know them really well. The second season, I got the chance to be part of their studio show. So as a producer, as the associate producer, as the junior producer, um, learned even more as to how to do live production. And obviously, I was learning. a lot apart from the ISL there were other shows that we were doing and mm-hmm. i would like to think that they thought i was a promising character because uh, they showed a lot of faith in me uh, right down from gaurav gala to sandeep shrikant to other individuals siddharth kochar who still works with the ISL in from stars and uh, who's the head from their end right now they showed me a lot of faith uh, in terms of what i can do and they taught me a lot um so i did that <clears throat> by the time season 3 came about i had already made my dreams known to uh, gaurav gala and mm-hmm. to everyone in the team that i want to be a presenter i want to be a commentator right. i want to get into that sort of zone i had always thought that this was my the zone i wanted to get into but for me i wanted to understand the back end so that i could do the front end Uh, it was very important for me to understand the production and the nuances behind the scenes so that i could be the best that i can be in front of it right. um learn the industry in and out that was the path that i took um when i had already aired my sort of ambitions gorav uh, arranged for training sessions for me from anantyagi because anantyagi was already in star and he was already the commentator for star for football from season 1 itself um and anant is obviously another mentor for me like because of the fact that he has taught me everything that i know while debayan was the one who introduced me to this world anant is the one who's helped me own this world mm-hmm. or own it as much as i can right now mm-hmm. um so anant and i would sit and literally commentate on games and he would take the time out to do that with me um he would he actually told me how to do the research if you have to create a cheat sheet okay all the preparations that i need to do how to speak on the mic what to say at the right point what the visuals are how to modulate all of those things when it came to a commentary perspective were presented to me or were taught to me by anand so i'm terribly indebted to him as well um so anand taught me and i don't know if there was any back and forth between him and gorov in terms of what opportunities or whether i'm ready or not but by the start of season 3 before season 3 they thought that i was ready to be a commentator and 
I was doing Hindi commentary for them. I was still employed as a producer, mind you, okay. uh, at Star Sports. And uh, this was my project then for the time of the ISL by season three. Season three, I did commentary along with the likes of Raman Bhanot, along with the likes of Anand, obviously. Then season four came along again while I was still doing production at the back end. Whenever there was a commentary stint, I was doing commentary in terms of right. however I can help. Season four, in fact, I also got the opportunity to present a little bit where I was doing something called the um, the ISL countdown. And I also got the opportunity to uh, do some Hindi shows. So those were my first stints in front of camera. Mm-hmm. Um, I also got the opportunity to do iLeague commentary, mm-hmm. which was obviously surreal, wherein this time I was doing English as opposed to Hindi. And uh, it was it was amazing for me uh, to work with Renedi Singh was obviously amazing. Um, a former India footballer sitting right next to you, mm-hmm. who's captain the side. It's 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 sort of a dream for a sports fan. Um, by season five, season six, I am now by season five. Obviously, I had already established myself as one of the voices for the Hindi commentary or the English I-League stints. So, by then, I had already gotten enough practice, although I still think I can get better even now. Mm -hmm. Um, It's always about improving yourself. By then, this is what I was doing. Mm -hmm. Um, So, I spent five years at Star, wherein I not only did I do commentary and presenting, where I was part of Football United as well, along with Anant and Moria, who is still part of Star as well. Um, I also uh, did production. So, for example, whenever whenever there was a big tournament, say in cricket, by this time the divide between football and cricket and all had sort of dissolved and now everyone was working on everything. So, the IPL came back to me again and there I was the first time Star got the IPL, I was a producer on the studio show, working with the likes of Mayanti and Jatin and um, as the anchors. But at the same time, obviously, the experts that you get are, mm-hmm. oh my God, uh, at another level. Imagine Ma- Matthew Hayden sitting and you know doing a show with you, or Beth uh, Lee in the studio with you. Mm-hmm. As in, I wasn't in the studio, obviously. I was at the back end, but imagine them being there Mm-hmm. in your sort of monkey sphere at that point and just seeing them, talking to them because there were certain shoots that I had to do with them, there were certain things that I had to do with them to make sure that the studio show was the best that it was. I in fact remember this one uh, studio show where I think this was in the second season of the IPL or the first itself, I, I don't recall but I was literally sitting in the car with Kevin Peterson and we were shooting something. Okay. So. You know, things like that become, they, and you know, over time, I'm not kidding Costa, while earlier they sound like, oh my God, these are surreal opportunities. After a while, you eventually just think this is your day. This is how it works. You are interacting with some of the greatest players in the world, but this is your job. Mm-hmm. So. I remember, for example, I've in fact interviewed Robert Perez, I've in, in, interviewed Freddie Lundberg, Zico, 
the likes of Del Piero and while at that point I was starstruck because I was younger because it was during the first two seasons of the IPL mm-hmm. by the time I was doing Kevin by the time I was interviewing Kevin Peterson or uh, or shooting with them or doing anything with Kumar Sangakkara it was part of your job and then right. then that star studedness sort of erases although in the back of your mind you know mm-hmm. that you're sort of talking to great names but there's this sense of professionalism that comes into your being yeah. which um, makes it so much easier for you to mm-hmm. not be starstruck or be nervous while talking to these guys that happened and uh, i obviously did commentary again for season 5 by the time uh, i finished i also got the opportunity to executive produce my own show so there was a show called stumped that i created from the start itself which okay. aired during the world cup mm-hmm. uh that was my baby through and through mm-hmm. wherein this was in the second season of the this was during the 2019 world cup um obviously we shot it earlier and stuff like that where we were testing the knowledge between two cricketers who uh wanted to sort of figure out who tips whom in terms of their knowledge not only about their own careers but about their country's fates during the world cup okay. so that i managed to do and my last project with star was executive producing super v which is the animated okay. show that came out on star which also i got the opportunity i thank sanjog who's the head of star sports content um who put a lot of faith in me throughout this entire pro- process as well from the start to the end and uh, he i think saw that i had this um interest not only in presenting and commentary and stuff but i also have a lot of interest in fiction and uh, writing and things like that which is perhaps from my journalistic sort of background so he sort of understood that and i was part of the team that brought about super v uh the first season where we worked with harman baveja as who was doing it from an external standpoint and his studio and that was my last project at star uh the reason was that i decided i wanted to go freelance um given that i had 5 years i had 5 years working with star which sort of made me grow as an individual grow as a person not and also give me every sort of in-depth insight in each and every avenue of sports production there is not one particular thing or one particular sort of um avenue of sports production barring the fact that i don't know the technical ways of doing maybe making a replay or having a director there i know it from a production standpoint from a producer mm-hmm. standpoint but there is not one particular nuance that i haven't gotten the opportunity to understand at yeah. least mm-hmm. to in a certain capacity um given that i thought that now is the best time for me to you know not jump off the ship but rather create my own boat so that my boat can join every single sort of ship that there is yeah that happened in august uh last year it's only been a year and as you can see it my my work x is while it may sound very very expansive it's really not that much because i've only been in the industry since 2013 2014 it's only been 6 years and i still believe that i have eons longer to 
go to ensure that I can reach a level, say that a Jatin Sapu has achieved or a Harsha Bhogle has achieved, and those people are my sort of benchmark. I want to be able to, without sounding too cocky, be able to be better than them because I respect them so much, mm-hmm. um, and I have followed their work for so long and understood the effort that it takes to be the best mm-hmm. by. bouncing ideas off them by learning things from them mm-hmm. um it has been you know interacting with the mayanti langer or interacting with the jatin sapru yeah give you gives you so much or interacting with an anantya gives you so much insight into the thinking behind what they are doing uh, how they prepare for a particular thing mm-hmm. you know what are the thought processes that go through how how do you um become better at your uh, art mm-hmm. so those sort of experiences apart from the commentary that i've obviously done sort of changes your perspective and you obviously have to put your head down and put your nose to the ground and work towards that aim and that's what i'm trying to do now mm-hmm. i don't think i've achieved anything there's plenty more for me to do um this is still my now going into my second year as a freelance commentator presenter as i'm trying to position myself but i still believe and i have faith that hopefully good things will come had the pandemic not happened perhaps they would have come sooner uh given that we've been sitting at home but this opportunity uh, this pandemic time has also given me uh sort of a space and a time to sort of venture into certain other things as well um which i mean i'm just trying out other ideas in terms of you know not in terms of sports but perhaps writing or trying to do things like that but at the same time this is the focus and i'm i'm like a horse with blinds when it comes to sports presenting and commentating and uh, inshallah it will work out in its own way absolutely now i'm done <laughs> <laughs> no no the, i think uh, the idea that has somehow come out of your own journey is so inspiring first of all there are a lot of things that i picked up but one of those very important things is that once you have the opportunity to perhaps get on the front line and work uh, what we all aspire when we look at anything on television is that when you have to start from the back end and have to work through learning all the basic tenets and also enjoy while you're doing that i think this universally applies to most of the professions but something that we have a, to some extent little idea about when we see things on production especially on television from that standpoint i think it begs the question for any such aspirant who is perhaps trying to enter this industry or is somehow thinking of this industry what would you suggest like what are those basic approaches that one can adopt when it comes to uh, approaching this industry and making somehow a strong case for themselves so there are two ways now one is the way that i took which is perhaps more laborious uh perhaps more frustrating given that you have to learn everything and you're fighting for your opportunity but at the same time it i would like to think it pips me ahead of other people because uh right. i understand the industry in and out now or as much as i can i wouldn't say i understand it completely in and out because there are a lot of financial things and things okay. like that that i don't, okay. don't understand obviously the budgets and how obviously those are things that are beyond my pay grade but um, in terms of understanding production and those things i would like to think really helped me um for a simple for a very simple example um as a producer 
I always had someone talking. I was always talking to people in their ear. They were talking mm-hmm. to me in their, in my ear because we were given headsets to interact with each other. Okay. Okay. The moment you become a commentator or the moment you become a presenter, mm-hmm. you have to be used to that because the moment you're talking in live or mm-hmm. if you're in a studio, there will always be a producer in your ear telling you when to move on, telling you what questions you should ask, telling you what graphics might be coming in, what might be going on. how will we make the production better how would we make the broadcast more serial all those sort of facets uh this is just a very simple example of that mm-hmm. all those facets may come harder for other people and i'll tell you what i mean by other people uh, soon but because i was already at the back end as a producer mm-hmm. i had some sort of idea about what's going on i had some sort of um experience in that process where someone's talking to me in my ear and i don't get distracted from the job at hand okay right so it was obviously small because i ha- i still have to hone that uh, skill set but and everyone still needs to get used to it again and again but it's obviously something that i think gave me a little bit of an edge when it came to crunch time when i say when i say other people what i mean by other people is that obviously there's the avenue that i took which is putting your nose to the ground doing the hard yards and grinding it out when it comes to production the other way is if you are say an actor or a voice over artist or um an mc you know a performer in in your own way selling your particular skill say acting or your voice itself Mm-hmm. uh those people also have the opportunity to become a presenter or an or a commentator okay the difference there in lies <clears throat> the difference there in lies that their knowledge of the sport or their knowledge of sports production may not be the best because obviously they are selling their skills in a very different industry and then they are coming into this industry so they have to obviously start from scratch wherein they need to learn the nuances of the production or at least just some facets of it like getting used to people talking in your ear while you're talking on screen or while you're talking on the mic those sort of nuances they need to learn so these 5 years or 6 years in my production journey sort of helped me gauge that or you know sort of go away from that sort of new learning that i may have to do if i jump into the industry later on um the other thing obviously for a presenter is looks um it's it's unfortunate of mm-hmm. uh in a way of of course um but if you're an anchor or something like that you have to ensure that you look the best that you can um you have to work out all the time at least remain fit or look presentable um that's obviously something that people need to work on uh, i didn't understand that when i was younger uh, what you're seeing right now with this with this combed hair and you know trimmed beard or wearing this t-shirt that wasn't me when i was younger i had long hair i used to wear baggy clothes i used to wear pajamas i literally used to go wear pajamas to work at certain points uh, because i had these funky bart simpson pajamas or a snowboarder pajamas things like that that i would wear 
you know and uh, while i thought that that shouldn't affect my dreams um i do believe that the way you look or the way you present yourself is very very important to be taken seriously as a presenter right so so obviously you have to be neat and it could be any look you could be you could be bald with a beard you could be you could have dyed hair like you have right now but it has to be neat it has yeah. to be presentable you have to look the best that you can mm-hmm. right which is not something that i understood when i was younger where i thought ki you know i'm i i'm coming with my shine and honestly i thought i was looking good because i was i was looking good in terms of how i perceived i should look mm-hmm. and obviously that perception changed over time and that perception changes once uh, people also tell you that look if you want to do this you need to work on how you look you need to work on your language of course so looks aside you need to work on your language i'm not that great in hindi honestly i'm not that great in at hindi most of my work is hindi commentary okay when i was yeah when i was uh in college in in delhi university you have to do a compulsory hindi exam in your first year i failed that exam i had to do it again in the second year right because i remember at one point i i forgot to uh i couldn't remember how to write the letter sh shamta when you say shamta i couldn't write that letter and i was flabbergasted the first time when when it came about so and i was like how do you write sh how do you write sh so that's how i failed my first exam because i spent 10 minutes trying to figure out how to write sh um but over time also with anand's help and with practice and even now i'm major i'm a major malaprop i'm a major malaprop when it comes to hindi or english i can always say the wrong words at any point but that's in conversation somehow somehow i don't know what happens or what my brain does or triggers it sort of is correct when i'm on air i don't know how it just happens maybe there's this sort of you know i get a little more formal or i'm i'm ready for this mm-hmm. and i've prepared and that's why i can i'm able to do it but there is this sort of shift in my own brain brain mechanism wherein i am a little better on air than i am conversationally if i'm just sitting with friends for example i'll say the wrong thing quite a bit in fact my friends friends when i was younger as a kid my parents used to call me a malaprop imagine the the fact that even now i remain the same so certain traits don't go away but working on your language is very important so i over time have worked on my language how have i done that there are few ways to do it you read obviously you have to read a lot you read hindi english you just read hindi english whatever language you want to work on you read 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 so that you learn new words you understand flows you understand where what word would fit you bounce off other people's language you inculcate language from other people mm-hmm. for example for example ever since i have done my commentary stints Mm-hmm. I would like to think that my language has gotten better not because of my own effort but because of what I've heard from other commentators right. especially in hindi I'd like to think I have a good command 
on the english language mm-hmm. but when it comes to hindi i have learned so much from my co commentators right where say things like i might say for experience i can say anubhav mm-hmm. but i can also say tajurba mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know yeah. uh you know things like that you know learning new words just figuring out how are they using it how are they sort of making their sentences and making them round wherein there is no gap or there is no sort of point where someone can say acha yahan galat bola hai abhi bhi sab galat bolte hain like if you're doing hindi if you're doing commentary especially log galat cheeze bolte hain bolenge hi because uh, <laughs> you're talking live and even a peter drury messes up sometimes when he's doing yeah. the commentary and he's perhaps the best commentator in the world and he makes mistakes as well uh, but you have to make sure that you're making the best effort as you can don't have this high horse where you think that you have the command over the language because you've gotten the job right. always think that there is someone better than you and you want to pick that other person in terms of the skills that you use in terms of the knowledge of your language and make sure that the best experience for the viewer is based on what you are saying don't leave okay. an avenue for the viewer to say acha ye kya bola is ye kya tha you know you have to ensure that you are the best that you can be <coughs> that's number 2 the third is always pushing yourself to be better be it in looks be it in in language be it in your preparation because your preparation is key how am i going to know that memphis depay has has a hip hop single yeah to his name that he does that that he has that or how am i going to know if say a young footballer is a cristiano ronaldo fan a young indian yeah. footballer mm-hmm. or even more sort of random wherein how am i going to know that a player who's from netherlands mm-hmm. um has come to india to play in northeast united has a company that creates portable playstation sets or xbox sets that lionel messi and the likes of lionel messi and paul pogba buy wow. to keep with them when so that when they're traveling they can play on that portable console mm-hmm. where in where you fit it in this player is called kai herings by the way uh how will i know that i will know that only because or only while i research about that particular player so i spend hours i think i spend more hours researching than i do on air say say i have a game between two particular teams i will spend hours researching about each and every player right down to their stats to their interesting facts to anything that i can use anything I'll put all of it in. Doesn't mean that I'll use all of it. You only use about ten percent of it, and this is not me saying it. This is every single commentator that you would know, and much more senior commentators. These are people I'm learning from, who have told me that you research as much as you can, as much as you can, because you never know what might be used when, and you have to be prepared for that particular situation, and you keep on going on. So, for example, say a Gabriel Jesus misses. a particular sitter mm-hmm. and 
यू कैन ऑलवेज से अरे यार इसकी फिनिशिंग खराब है दैट्स जस्ट अ सब्जेक्टिव स्टेटमेंट दैट यू आर सेइंग यू आर नॉट एन एक्सपर्ट बट इफ यू हैव द स्टैटिस्टिक टू से दैट सर्जियो अगुएरो स्कोर्स अ गोल एवरी 7.2 शॉट्स whereas gabriel jesus scores a goal every 10.7 shots then you can say iski finishing usse kharab hai right right so those sort of nuances can only come if you put your head down and just research and research and research i literally spend hours i create these excel sheets based on something that anant has taught me Wherein I write their age, I write their positions, or oh, whatever sport I'm doing. I've even done basketball. I've done badminton. Um, I will always research as much as I can so that I can put in these interesting factoids about a particular player, which enhances your particular experience as well. Which every commentator does, right down from right up from Peter Drury to me. Whereas I think I am the lowest echelon of, um, say, commentary right now. and peter dory at the highest echelon both will both of us will be doing as much research as we can all right so i think that is a very interesting approach when it comes to any sort of an uh, any aspirant who needs to understand the basic skill sets that are required especially when it comes to the hard work that goes into this you talk about all these things especially for commentators we you talk about mr peter dory also from your own personal experience the kind of research that goes in and everything is extremely extremely enlightening which brings me to perhaps my last question in this conversation with you is that with all these changing atmosphere that we see right now uh we see the viewership increasing on the ott digital platforms we see a lot of excitement for indian sports leagues like for example isl mm. or football catching traction in india as well mm. what do you mm. see all these opportunities are opening up for aspirants and how can they capitalize on that by working hard and uh, making sure you don't get disheartened too soon because okay. look every single aspect or every path that anyone takes in life there will be ups and downs right you have to ensure that the downs don't get to you mm-hmm. and you keep on striving for the up right it's like trekking mm-hmm. uh sometimes you have to veer off your path to go and hit the summit it's not always just straight up like that right if you're trying to scale a mountain you have to go right then left go right then left because you might have boulders or you might have some loose earth so you need to sort of circumvent those circumstances and make your way up it's the same when it comes to any career choice so i wouldn't have any mantra for this one mm-hmm. it's just a generic mantra that everyone needs to adopt for any sort of avenue they wish to achieve uh, greatness in and uh, yeah it's just that just make sure you don't lose your heart and make sure that your aims and aspirations while yes there will be times that you feel wrong and you mm-hmm. will feel like it, things could be better in in certain ways you have to be positive in your own thinking and yeah. ensure or make sure that you aren't perturbed like for example the pandemic it hit my industry really bad yeah and i know that for a fact um work was hard to come by in fact there was no work at all but i didn't lose heart i knew that i'm going to go through tough times but and especially because i had just recently gone freelance right mm-hmm. it's not like i was getting in like the way i was getting a monthly salary at start mm-hmm. but 
I ensure or try to ensure that I keep my head above water and not sink with the times. Right. Everyone needs to do that, especially now. Mm-hmm. Not lose hope and just strive and continue to try and achieve as much as you can. You know, push your boundaries, push your capacity to become better at whatever field you are uh, interested in. Perfect. Perfect. Okay. I'm sorry I didn't I didn't I'm sorry I didn't let you ask too many questions and I don't <laughs> on and on. I hope it wasn't too boring for all these listeners. No, I, I there was just one voice talking again and again. <laughs> no, absolutely not. I think all my questions somehow automatically got answered as an aspirant who knows very little about this industry. There are not a lot of questions that I could have perhaps formulated in order to really get those answers out. Thank God. because <laughs> i would really answer everything and i just drone on it's 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 a problem given that i talk for a living yeah i end up talking too much perhaps yeah. and yeah. given that i'm usually the one asking the questions maybe mm-hmm. uh this was quite interesting as an experience to be the one who's answering them mm-hmm. and um, yeah i thank you for that perfect perfect as you previously mentioned a pe- lot of people tell you that you have a very soothing sort of a welcoming voice i am also now one of mm. those people and i think all the listeners who were tuned into this podcast <laughs> learning from your experience learning from your knowledge wisdom would definitely somehow benefit their own uh, their own journeys with this industry they perhaps approach towards journalism or towards this entire uh, amazing amazing things that we have talked about i would just like to wrap this uh, conversation up and obviously how can i let this go you are an arsenal fan and quite very recently your star man obamang has renewed his contract how happy are you with that very happy very very happy uh, quite ecstatic because at least there'll be some goals because creativity has been an issue for arsenal but if this fellow gets even one half chance he ends tends to convert them so mm-hmm. i'm a little optimistic i even really like arteta yeah. so let's see how that goes Perfect. there was another question that you were supposed to ask me yes yes it's messi versus ronaldo and i am sort of waiting for a very interesting answer here uh pierre emerick over there <laughs> Although I was somehow waiting for Thierry Henry, but I think that, that somehow explains it. Right? Yeah, I am. You're talking about current players, na, bro. Yeah, had yeah. you had you sense. said had you mentioned uh, <laughs> previous stars? Would had you said Pele or Maradona? Then it would have been maybe I would have said say Eusebio or something random okay. like that. Or had you had you mentioned players in Henry's uh-huh. era? Say uh, Zidane, then I might have said Henri, but you were talking about current stars. So, if, if all time in all time the greatest football player in your opinion, who's that? Oh, that's a tough one. That's a really tough one. My favorite is only one, bro. Mm-hmm. Luis Ronaldo, Perfect. the Brazilian. Yeah. That so. I remember watching uh, the 2002 World Cup when I was eight years old, and uh, no, I wasn't eight. What has happened to my math? I was about uh, I was born in '91, so I was about 11 years old. Mm-hmm. And the 2002 World Cup with that with that beard, yeah, semi-circle on his yeah. head. Oh, he was amazing. Mm-hmm. Oh man, perfect. Yeah, definitely, definitely the Brazilian Ronaldo is my all-time favorite player. Perfect. And Romelu Lukaku is too, by the way. I would just like to point out. <laughs> Okay, that's because a, of the research I've done. <laughs> right, that's an interesting turn, although, but I, with a very heavy Cristiano fan heart that I have, I will very slowly now exit this conversation. Also, thanking you for <laughs> the opportunity that you have given me, and also the kind of conversation that I'm going to take to every listener of the One Take Show. Thank you so much for this opportunity. Sir. 
thank you so much buddy it was a great experience i'm sorry i didn't let you talk much <laughs> i tend to talk a lot uh and i'm sorry listeners if you think that i was droning on and if you're feeling sleepy uh i assure you that when i'm actually doing commentary or something i'm a little more lively than this uh but hopefully um it was a learning experience for everyone and uh, as i mentioned earlier i'm still just starting out there's lots for me to do and hopefully i'll take you guys along with the journey and you can take me along with yours Right. I think the major listenership of the one take show being law students this is the only kind of conversation we kind of are aware of so we are <laughs> used to it and so we enjoy it as well but uh, thank you uh-huh. so much thank you so much for joining me you should have uh, for this particular episode you should have mm-hmm. turned it from a one take show to a one talk show so that would be the only one talking <laughs> no no that is the principle anyway. of podcast i start up so that uh, the leaders and the luminaries in the field perhaps can share yeah. perfect perfect yeah Right. I'm glad I'm glad. All right. Take Bye. care Kostov.